Hello and welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined by College Basketball's career assist king, Jerry Meyer. Jerry, how are we doing? I'm doing great. I appreciate your love on the assist. <laughs> Jerry, you're, you're the assist guy now. Yeah, yeah. Today <laughs> we're gonna, taking shots. <laughs> we uh, we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about all the action from the past week. It's Thursday, March seventh, so there's plenty to recap. There's plenty to preview. We've got Duke UNC. We've got bubble talk. We've got NBA draft talk. Jerry will be taking your questions before we get going. I just want to make sure that if you're listening to the podcast on iTunes, uh, go ahead and subscribe and drop us a a five-star review. If you have found us via a media player on the 24-7 Sports website, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on the media player, and then you'll be able to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or all of that stuff. Uh, Jerry, we've got a lot of things to run down, and I hope you're ready. We've got 40 minutes of basketball talk. Let's get going. I want to quickly preview the, the, the weekend ahead has implications as far as conference tournament matchups. Uh, and LSU, we just got done watching them in overtime beat Florida. They outlasted Florida. Tremont Waters had a great game, good, re, you know, good bounce back performance from him. They can clinch the number one seed in the SEC tournament with a win versus Vanderbilt. We're going to talk about Vanderbilt in like two seconds. LSU, you, you like them as a, as a team that, that can run deep in March, right? Yeah, <clears throat> I do, Trey. I like them more and more every time I watch them as well. Uh, key factors that I think are positives for them, they have three guys that are basically point guards. And I, I think that's huge. We look at some of the successful teams in March in recent history. It's guard play and having multiple guards. They make free throws. They get to the free throw line. <clears throat> you know, they're, they're up at the top in those statistical categories. Nazron Reed has really come on as a player. They've done a great job developing him, but he gives them another guy, a fourth guy, who can really pass the ball and handles the ball and sees the floor, and, and he's a workhorse. And then just the athleticism uh, with the big guys and, and guys coming off the bench. Um, I, I really like this team. And Will Wade can coach. Yeah, so really I, th- can. I think they got a great thing going right now. I started kind of falling in love with LSU around Valentine's Day on the 12th. They beat Kentucky 73-71. And I was like, okay, LSU kind of has some giant killer in them, Jerry. And then, of course, they beat Tennessee in overtime. And, and when you look at their losses, okay, they lost by five to Florida in OT. On February 2nd, they lost by one to Arkansas. On the 12th of December, they lost to a really good Houston team by six. They've lost they, – the only game they weren't ever in was Oklahoma State. They lost by 23, yeah. and that was in November. Also in November, their only other loss besides all of these other losses was a three-point loss to a, tor- a tourney-bound Florida State team in overtime. It seems like this team is battle-tested. They've played in a strong conference. I, I, I like them a lot. Oh, I agree. I mean, heck, they might – if they keep winning, they might be a number one seed. You know, if wow. they win, Well, if they win the SEC tournament, you know – it's very conceivable, but regardless of seeding or anything, they're really good. And um, I agree with what you're saying. I do think it's important that they've played in close games. Um, I think it's important that they've won a lot of them. And Tremont Waters, man, that guy, ice in his veins, and he is just so good. Um, you know, he's so. This sounds weird, but he takes advantage of being smaller. Um, he plays with just a lower center of gravity. He gets his shoulders down. You know, we're talking some technical stuff here, but I think it's very important. It's what we, we got to look at a player and say, why is he so good? There's think- a lot of 5'10 guys. He can shoot and he, he's quick and everything, but 
he really he maximizes what he has and what some might even say are limitations he actually sort of flips around for it to be in a, a strength. Is that something he had in high school, or do you think he's developed that he in year it. two? He had it. Um, you know, looking back, I, I, did, I underrated him, undervalued him. I mean, I thought he was really good, like a top, like 50-ish, you know, that mid-four-star range. I see no reason he's not an NBA player. <clears throat> um, yeah, he's small, but he can shoot it. He can, you know, if you're 5'10", and you can stretch the defense out because you have deep range – well, then you can get by him, get in him. And he knows how to play at his height. Uh, he had all this in high school. I guess the question in high school, you're, you know, it's what you would expect. He's too small. <laughs> he's really good. He's a great player. And, but will it translate? And he's proved to us that, heck, yeah, it will translate. One more SEC note, and then we'll keep moving down the conferences. Mm-hmm. Jerry, Vanderbilt. Uh, LSU plays them Saturday. Obviously, again, if LSU wins that one, they are the number one seed in Nashville. What in the heck yeah. is wrong with Vanderbilt? Bryce well, Drew was saying that he, you know, he, he kind of thinks he has to save his job. He was saying this last night, and then he'll, he'll have a meeting, and he is ready to execute the largest turnaround in college basketball history. Is that what he said? Yeah, they, they almost got I mean, doubled up. Basically, basically, he's begging for another year. And, and you know, I, I don't know what the odds are. He, he'll probably get it. Um, you know, let's just get this out of the way. Losing Darius Garland, extreme, it hurt him extremely bad. Uh, they... And it's not – you can't say, oh, he shouldn't have centered everything around Darius Garland. It's just going to be centered around Darius Garland because he's the point guard and he's by far the best player on your team. So that was a huge blow. But they still have players they, – they have top 100. They got a five-star out there. There's enough talent out there to at least be mediocre in the SEC. What troubles me when I watch Vanderbilt play, I, I see zero execution on defense. You know, it just doesn't look like guys know exactly what to do, and I don't see the effort there. There's no attention to detail. I think when you look at the great college teams, you see a meticulous attention to detail. For example, I rem- you know just a little s- side story here: watching Sheck Diallo play for Kansas, and they were playing Kentucky, and Tyler Eulis comes off a ball screen. And Sheikh Diallo was slow coming up to hedge. You know, he just – he wasn't on edge. He wasn't where he was supposed to be. I, I told whoever I was watching the game with, I said, he won't play the rest of the game. Sure enough, Bill Self subs him out. Bill Self ain't putting up with that. Um, you, I don't sense that, you know, like the New, New England Patriots. You know, Belichick, I'm not going to yell at you. You're just coming out of the game. I don't see that at Vanderbilt. They do some good things offensively. Um, you know, if they do pull off a turnaround, it will be one of the greatest. Do you, so we'll see. They made the tournament last year in his first year. Do you th- any you know, again two years in through a six year contract, new athletic stretch for Malcolm Turner. Right. That's, that's a factor. Do you think? Do you think Rice Drew should get another year? Or is this is it fair yeah. to? I, we had Darius Garland injury. They played a brutal schedule, but you shouldn't be losing like this. No, you shouldn't. No, they, there's no excuse for their play and how. I mean, they get they got throttled at home. Eighty four forty eight. You know the sips. The ship is sinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if he deserves another year, all that. I'm not that close to the situation. I hate to make those judgments. Um, I, if, if I had to bet right now, I would bet he will be back for right. one more year. I think he gets one more year. Big 12, first time since 2004, Kansas will not win the regular season Big 12 
crown. They're out of it. Texas Tech and Kansas State have a shot to share the title if they each win this weekend. The uh, Big 12 tournament in Kansas City should be pretty good next week. We don't need to spend too much time on, on the Big 12, but you and I will both profess our love for Texas Tech in a sort of LSU type of way. When you move down the top tier, Texas Tech, number one defense of the country, they're awesome. Oh, I love them. Chris Beard, I think, is a phenomenal coach. Um, they have athleticism. I'll just give a little perspective on Texas Tech, just unique to me as a re- you know recruiting analyst as well. Uh, I'll never forget, I met a Texas Tech assistant at a tournament, and he came up and introduced himself to me. And, you know, a lot of times that doesn't happen. And, because, you know, they're big-time college coaches. <laughs> and, but he was very nice, and we, we chatted a little. And it, it, his one question to me was, hey, you know any guys that are super athletic and under the radar? And what I like about that is they have a plan. They're not just looking at a recruiting list, you know, who are the top. They, they're looking for a certain type of player because they want to be able to switch on D. They want athleticism. And, and he said, and someone who will work hard. So they want athletic workers, and they'd rather have a guy who's sort of undervalued because he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. And that just really impressed me. And then I watched them play, you know, they, they play great basketball. But, yeah, be, be, Did you recommend be, be Jared leery. Culver? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't really come up with anyone good because <laughs> the guys I know about aren't under the radar. <laughs> right. You know, we're ranking the top guys. Um, but I, I really, I, I was that that made a big impression on me that these guys have a plan, and it's a little different, and that gives them a niche. And look at what we see. So again, if you're looking for a non-Duke, non-Carolina, Kentucky, Virginia type squad to fill out your bracket, LSU and Texas yeah. Tech are good bets. Throw uh, Houston in there too. Yeah, Houston too. Even though they lost this week, uh, yeah. ACC. If Virginia beats Louisville, they're the number one seed in that tournament. There's a whole mess of circumstances. Terry, let's just go ahead and talk about North Carolina versus Duke. Yeah. No Zion. It looks like uh, that's in Chapel Hill. Tickets are going for an average of sixteen hundred dollars. And what if he? What if Zion was playing? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Three times least, that. I think it's a it's a shame that we're not going to get a uh, regular season at least uh, Carolina Duke matchup with Zion. But I guess we'll always have those thirty three seconds and I'm blown out. <laughs> Jerry, obviously Zion would be number one in the list in any list that we, that we would do of NBA prospects. Who, if I asked you, you know the other you know the other NBA prospects in this game. Let's rank them. Let, let's yeah. go down that list and let, let's have a little bit of fun. Let's let's go ahead and do that. I, am I correct that RJ Barrett's next up for you? Yeah, we, we can have fun with this <clears throat> because I, I think RJ is a definite next one. And then I think there's a lot of discussion after RJ. I'm a big Kobe White guy. I really love Kobe. I'm not as huge on Cam Cam Reddish as an NBA player as most people are. And then <clears throat> we can maybe really get controversial. I love Cameron Johnson, and I look at the numbers, and I look at a six-nine guy. I mean, this guy's shooting almost fifty percent from three. Yeah, and that is just so huge. I think he knows how to play. His assist-turnover ratio is a positive, which you know you don't always see that from a small forward who's a scorer like that. But I think you can make an argument for Cameron Johnson or Kobe White ahead of Cam Reddish. Now that's probably not going to happen, but this is just my opinion. You know, if I'm, you know, and obviously when you, you know, you draft, make draft picks, you're looking at need and what we need. But I'm, I'm, you know, compared to the industry, I'm more down on Cam Reddish. What holes do you see in Cam's game? I don't think he's that good in traffic. <clears throat> you know, it doesn't matter how good you look in a dunk contest. 
It doesn't matter how high you can jump with no one around you. I call it functional athleticism. And that meaning, can you make plays in traffic with a body on you, with contact? I think that's an issue with him. I don't think he gives – you know, Cameron Johnson out-rebounds Reddish. I don't, I don't know that he has that grit and gives you, you know, playmaking ability, you know, other than hitting shots, which he can really do. And he's going to be valuable in the NBA, and he's going to be able to guard multiple positions. But, you know, that that would be the negative aspects of his game that I see. So you like Kobe White as a pro prospect more than his point guard counterpart, Trey Jones? You know, I do because I don't think Trey Jones can shoot. And I just think it's hard to play in the NBA if you can't shoot. It's a, basketball is about getting it in the bucket. And in the NBA, they make a lot of buckets per game. And they can't afford to have guys out there who can't shoot unless – they are just tremendous, you know, at another skill. Ben Simmons. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. It could just overwhelm people. Yeah, you're like Ben or Giannis, uh, you know, um, our guy. Maybe uh, even Zion. <laughs> Zion. That's who I was trying <laughs> to think of. Uh, same thing with Zion, but Zion's going to be like a Ben Simmons. He, he's, he's so good. He can get beyond. Yeah, that's a good term for it. He, he, can, he can make up for not being a shooter. But with Trey Jones, man, you know. I mean, he's going to be an NBA player. Do you think he'll go pro Definitely. after this year? Uh, I have no idea. Ty, I, so, I, don't, I don't have a great feel for where – is he being projected like late first, first round? Yeah, I remember his brother Tyus was mm-hmm. – I mean, we didn't think he was going to go pro after that one year. Obviously made a, a ton, a, made a ton of money in March. Right. And, you know, had a, had a monster game against Wisconsin in, in the uh, national tournament, uh, title game, and he's off to, he's off to the NBA. So, uh, Well, speaking of Trey Jones, just really quick, um, Trey – and I'm looking at uh, Giovanni's uh, mark, mock draft okay. for uh, Jonathan's – for Express. ESPN, sorry. Uh, Trey Jones is at 24 on his list, and Kobe White's at 25. Um, so, you know, yeah, I would probably have a different order. And so when people ask me, do I think he'll go pro, I don't know because I don't know where his threshold is. I do think he'd be a, a late first-round pick, more than likely. You never know sometimes. Uh so I don't know where he really wants to have his stock. He might decide I need to come back and improve my shooting. Let's talk Naz a little real quick. Sure. Top five recruit hasn't really lived up to expectations in year one. Uh, Jerry, do you think he can he can sort of salvage his draft stock still? Well, according to what I'm looking at, he's at number seven. <laughs> so I guess he has. His numbers aren't that bad. I looked at him a little bit, and, you know, because he's one to think about. He really came on strong. Uh, towards the end of the, at the end of the summer, and then the All Star game. So anyway, in the recruiting cycle for like how you get ranked out of high school, at the end of July he looked really good, made a big impression. That's when he was a certifiable five star towards the upper end. Then he looked really good at the McDonald's All American practices and was good in the game. And that's when people are like, oh, he's better than Zion. Now I, I was not on that tip, but um, but but Naz looked really good. And he is good. I think what he's struggled with is processing the game. Um, obviously, the speed of the game increases when you move up a level. Also, dealing with all the coaching. You know, there's a lot to think about. And so for some freshmen, that kind of slows them down, handicaps them a little because they're trying to process that information that they're not used to. They get overloaded. And I think he's gotten better with that. That's why his play has improved. 
in the game. He's starting to see the game a little better and feel more comfortable. There's no doubt he's a um, NBA player, and and you could uh, you can make an easy argument to draft him in the top ten based on potential, and and you could argue on this list I have you know and actually with this you know maybe he should be above Kobe and yeah. even maybe Cam or Cameron Johnson. I don't you know. I don't know. It's a tough business, man. <laughs> you know, you, you can talk around these guys. It's hard to nail them down. But Nash is going to be all right. Let yeah. me put it that way. He's going to be he's going to be okay, and he might really, really be good in March. And of course, you know, this is you know we're not even mentioning some great college basketball players who won't you know be NBA guys like Luke May. Sure. Yeah. You, you always have that, right? Yeah. Like um, Luke, Luke Mays, that guy, if, if it's college, heck yeah, I want him on my team. Obviously. He's the most important player. He's the most the important team for one for of the best teams time. in the country, right? Let's don't overthink this. Um, NBA-wise, I mean, he'll probably play in the NBA. I, I think so. I mean, I watched Caruso play for the Lakers last night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's a great story. I was listening to Clyde Drexler uh, broadcast a game, and he the announcer says, what am I saying? All these guys are good at basketball. They're NBA players. And Clyde said, no, no, no. All these guys can't play. <laughs> and I made, made me think about it. I was like, yeah, there are some busters in the NBA. Not that Luke May is a buster. But I think Luke May will play in the NBA. But he's not a guy you're going to draft right at the top. No. Or you're not going to build a team around him. Freaking North Carolina's built their team around him. Yeah, it's been cool to see. Uh, keep running down the, the conferences real quick. No need to talk about the Pac-12. Washington has that one, though they're still yeah. somehow a bubble team if they don't win their tournament. And then in the Big Ten, we will get to this after our jump. But uh, Purdue's loss uh, two nights ago to Minnesota means uh, Michigan and Michigan State are uh, back to playing for something when they face off this week. And we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our partners. When we come back, we're going to talk about a few more big-time matchups. We're going to talk about Ja Morant's NBA potential. We're going to get to some of your questions from Jerry. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. Again, my name is Trey Scott. This is Jerry Meyer. Jerry, we just uh, ripped through some Duke-UNC NBA draft talk. Uh, again, uh, if maybe if, if you missed it, Cameron Johnson is a guy Jerry likes and someone to look for this weekend. Uh, Jerry, let's let's you know skip that game and let's run down. We don't need to preview these. Uh, someone else can do that. But let's run down some of the games or the weekend's biggest games as well. Tennessee at Auburn. Uh, Tennessee again. Maybe they're hoping LSU loses to Vanderbilt, but that's not going to happen. But you know, it looks like Tennessee will be the two seed in Nashville. And, uh, you would think so. Yeah, but you know, strange things happen. Auburn looks safe, like safely in. Safe in the tournament. Safely, mm-hmm. yeah, safely in. Uh, Villanova at Seton Hall. Seton Hall last night actually went on an 18 and 0 run to beat Marquette to keep its bubble hopes alive. If Villanova wins, it wins the Big East. Have you? Do you have you know big Seton Hall guy? Um. I liked what I saw last night, and I, I think they're a good team. Yeah, I, I would think they're a tournament team. Mar- nope. Marquette, you know, like they look like the the like the yeah what do we want to call it like the sleeper under the radar team earlier in the year, but they've struggled here of late. Yeah, Villanova is going to like mess somebody up. They're going to get like a, a seven seed in your game. Are you serious? <laughs> they're Villan- play Villanova yeah, in ex- round two. Exactly. Jay, Jay Wright knows what he's doing. Uh, big time bubble clash going on in Austin. TCU at Texas. I, the bubble has been frustrating me, Jerry. Uh, I'm a Texas guy. I think you know the Big Twelve is really tough. The Big Twelve, you know, eight or nine teams in the in the tournament. And look, I was going through it this morning. Let me pull this up. 
It feels. Does it feel like every every day you're like, okay, Texas beat Iowa State on Saturday, and you're like, Texas is in the tournament, and then Texas Tech blasts Texas on Monday, and now Texas is out of the tournament. But like they're putting like Jerry Palm at CBS has Clemson in the tournament. Clemson's one in ten against quad one opponents, and and they have you know he has Mercer in the turn, uh, Furman in the tournament. I'm sorry, Furman's one in five. It, it just seems like it's. Like, why do we even track the bubble until uh, right now? <clears throat> yeah, that's a question I've always asked. I, I'm not a huge bubble guy. No. <laughs> For the reasons you're talking about. And, you know, as you might guess, I'm kind of an eye test guy because I trust my eye. <clears throat> but I, I understand why they, why they do what they do. Uh, but it's a little frustrating to me. And, yeah, I mean, I hear you. It's just it's going to change. It's going to change. It's going to change. I, I get why they do it because it gives us news. Right. <laughs> it's something to talk about and gives us content in the media. So I totally get why. But, I, yeah, I'm not a huge bubble guy. I mean, I pay attention to it right at the end. It is a weak yeah. year for the bubble. Like, get this. One of the first four teams out, NC State, is on a two-game losing streak. Their RPI is 117. I know right now the NCAA is going with its net ranking. But NC State also has a two and eight record against quad one opponents. If you, I think I'm going to guess which way you're going to go with this, Jerry. Let's say TCU wins on Saturday, and TCU's res- record is oh, hold on. TCU would be okay, nineteen and twelve, seven and twelve, seven and eleven in Big Ten or oh. Big Twelve. Would you go TCU or like Lipscomb or Belmont if yeah. they don't win their conference tournament? Like, which is a more Lipscomb deserving Lipscomb or Belmont? And not just because they're in Nashville, and I played at Lipscomb, right. blah, blah, blah. Uh, and that's part of why I don't really get into the bubble. <clears throat> Here's my quick take. If you're on the bubble, I don't care about you. Because I don't think you have a chance to win the tournament. That's just kind of how I look at it. And if you, you know, so like, remember when Virginia Tech a few years back with Greenberg? They, they were always on. They were always the last team out. And like, people were like, oh, felt sorry for them. I never did. I was like, well, don't be on the bubble. <laughs> you know? Um, I know, I know it stinks and your fan base wants to watch you in the tournament. I get it, but what are you going to do in the tournament? So I would rather watch a mid major, a great mid major. Because, you know, if TCU beats whoever first round, you know, yeah. it's no waves, no interest. But if, you know, Lipscomb or Belmont or whomever out of the mid-major or even a little bit lower actually level, if they pull the win off, then it's news. It's exciting. We got something. You know, like when Mercer beat Duke and we all learned to name Oh, it. yeah. You know, I learned to Nene that day. It, it was great. <laughs> well, then maybe like our ideal scenario, if we get to like live in Jerry Myers' perfect world, is that you know a worthy bubble team mid-major like Belmont gets in, even if it do- even if it doesn't win its conference. And then let's like let's say Murray State wins the Ohio-, Ohio Valley Conference and they get in, and then we get to see Belmont, which is a really good team, and then we get to see Murray State featuring Ja Morant. Yeah, that, I mean that's fun for me. I, I just you know. I'm a small college guy. I played small college. My dad coached it. I, I, you know, I'm biased. It's a special thing in my heart. But what I like, you see different styles, and they 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 play a different. A mid-major team is typically not going to be able to recruit the highest level athlete. So you tend to get guys that you would call real basketball players. You know, a little higher skill level, and and the teamwork. And you know, it's just fun to watch because they have to do that. And they're not, you know, in most cases, they're not relying so much on size and athleticism and overwhelming people physically. 
Yeah, let, let's talk about Moran real quick, Jerry. Uh, Murray State will play Friday uh, against a team to be determined. So, you know, that that would be a fun little weekend primer. It'd be awesome, I think, for the casual college basketball fan to see him on a big uh-huh. NCAA tourney setting before he's a top three NBA player. Well, let's please hope that happens. I mean, this guy blows my mind at times. I mean, he is a very, very special player. His court vision, uh, his sense of timing, his feel for the game as a passer is remarkable. I mean, he's averaging double-digit assists. That does not happen often in college basketball. And then he brings that fun athleticism, and he can score. I mean, this guy can play. He would be number two on my list behind Zion. And, I, you know, Shannon Terry, who I respect a lot, who runs our company, he, he's even been making the argument Morant should be number one. Yeah. You know, putting emphasis on the importance of the point guard huh. position. Which I get, but see, I see Zion as you called him a point center. Yeah. Or point well, forward. I mean, it'd be interesting, like if the Suns get the number one pick, Jerry. They they spin the number one overall pick on DeAndre Ayton last year. I don't know if yeah. Ayton and Zion can play together. I still would guess they well, would that, take Zion and let it figure it out. But Morant would be certainly a compelling fit for that team. Uh, right, and that's the kind of point I'm making. In that he's a special talent, and he definitely deserves to be in the discussion. Now, I think Zion's a, a unique generational type guy as well. I think those two guys are very, very special players. The last few years, we've gotten yeah. lathered up about point guard prospects. Right. Last year, Trey Young, two years ago, it was the, it was the Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball, Dennis Smith draft. Right. Would you have, where would you have Morant compared to any of those guys? Above them? I mean, Fultz is, is a punchline right now, but he was a, he was a basketball uh, point guard prodigy above. prospect. Above them. I think Morant is uniquely special uh, you know um, I watched a game recently he played Austin Pete. I probably saw 10 plays that were literally my jaw kind of dropped like phenomenal pa- how did he see that how did he do that and um, that's a lot of plays <laughs> for one game so yeah I'm really high on the guy I mean he's, he's got some length um, and he's a little slender. He's going to have to build his body up some. I know he's in and out on defense some. Um, I've never seen a guy play defense like he can play and not even bend his knees. <laughs> he's just kind of a freakish type athletic guy. But I would, I would put him ahead of those guys because he can score. I, I think his passing's next level. Let me put it that Like elite, like John Stockton, Steve Nash, Magic Johnson. Wow. Type good. Now I thought Lonzo Ball had that. It, we ain't, it hadn't, it hadn't come to fruition yet. Well, you you thought and it might and it might still happen. Like I haven't given up on Lonzo Ball. You thought D'Angelo Russell had that trait. People gave up on him, and now he's he's well, doing really well in Brooklyn. Yeah, he, he could play. Skill. Yeah. Oh, Russ. Yeah, he could yeah. pass. Yeah. yeah. So we got some, we got a few questions to get to uh, in a minute, and we'll dive in. Just keep running down. Georgetown again. They're on the bubble. They, they're going to play at Marquette. Florida is absolutely on the bubble. They blew it last night against LSU. That over, if they had won in overtime, they would have probably been in, but they got another chance at Kentucky. Jerry, real quick, what's your pulse on Kentucky one weekend out from the, from the SEC tournament? Do you, do you like – and, again, they how's the hell, have how's no the Reed Travis. Of, no yeah, Reed Travis. I mean, I think Reed Travis is very, very, very important for them. Um, I mean, they're fine. Yeah. I mean, they got smacked by Tennessee. I, I don't really have any special hot take or no. read on Kentucky. I think Kentucky's extremely good. What's the prog- prognosis on 
Travis. It looks like kind of with him and Zion, both are in a holding pattern. Maybe so he'll probably play the, in the, the tournament. conference tournament. Yeah. It was good to see Tyler Harrow bounce back. Helen Johnson played what, yeah. uh, good against Ole Miss. Uh, SEC oh, tourney is going to be fun. It should be. We yeah. should go down there. Oklahoma yeah. at Kansas State. K-State's really good. And then San Diego State at Nevada. Nevada, of course, is coming off of a, 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 a gone viral skirmish against Utah State. <laughs> Nevada was – Utah you know, State's good, too. Yeah, those – That's two, a team. Bo- yeah. Yeah, don't – They got off the Don't underestimate those guys. Let's take some questions uh, for Jerry again. This is at JerryMeyer247 on Twitter, so go ahead and tweet him any time of the day or night, and we will uh, find those questions and we'll ask them. Jerry, this is from Stephen L. Grizzle. He goes, thoughts on Avery Johnson is his mediocreness at Alabama directly (laughs) related to his point guard churn, or is he simply not a very good X's and O's coach? Yeah, that's a a good question, a tough one. I, I will be honest, the Avery Johnson Alabama thing has left me wanting you know, I expected better. I I, I, can't, I I don't know if I can directly answer his specific points, but I, I'm going to talk about it, and I think he can put the pieces together. Um, yeah, you lose Colin Sexton. That hurts. But, you know, the best player is Kyrie Lewis right, right now. Now that's part of the problem, too, freshman point guard. But, you know, so it's called – you know, he can talk around all this stuff. The, th- the main thing I noticed when we were talking coaching, I don't really like the offense. I think it's predictable – very often stagnant. Um, I get a feel when I wa- I don't see the attention to detail on defense. I know I've brought that up a lot, but you know, it's it's important. And the, the great college teams, they pay meticulous attention to detail on defense. They know exactly what they're doing, and I don't see that with Alabama. And sometimes I'll leave it on this note. And I don't know for fact on this because I haven't asked. I could I could figure it out, but I get a notion when I watch Alabama play that they're very focused on scouting the other opponent. And I think and I'm, I'm putting some things together because he's an NBA coach mm. and kind of the NBA perspective. Where we're like we're gonna we're gonna learn every set the other team runs, and it, it's very oriented to the other team. Where I prefer an approach in college that is more focused. We're gonna do South what scout. we do. Yeah, we're going to do what we do. We're going to get great at it every day. We're going to make them scout us. Now you also scout the other team. You know, it's it's a percentage thing and how much emphasis you put on which side. But, you know, I, when I watch Alabama play, I, I just get that feeling. I also think um, recruiting-wise – I get a sense they have some good athletes who are good players, but who are the guys that are that glue, the glue guys, you know, that get, get the ball moving, um, make the extra pass, see the game at a little higher level. I, I, I don't get that sense when I watch Alabama play. It's like I know what I'm going to get. They're going to do this. They're going to have these turnovers. <laughs> They're going to make these mistakes. And I, I've, I've, I will say I've never been really inspired. Uh, watching them play since he's been there. The Crimson Tide have lost two straight. They play at Arkansas on Saturday. They don't really have a notable win to speak of since January 29th against Mississippi State. And, of course, they beat Kentucky in early January. Right. Those are They're kind of hanging on to the bubble by a thread. Uh, we've got another one. Uh, this is from Tyler Jones at TD Jones uh, 444. Jerry, how badly is Kansas recruiting suffering in light of the FBI investigations? Uh, good, <clears throat> great question. And 
it has suffered. Uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl <clears throat> chose Villanova over Kansas. He had been pegged to go to Kansas <laughs> like since his sophomore year. That was a surprise. <clears throat> Excuse me. That that was a little surprising, and and the intel I gathered on it was the FBI thing was very big in that decision. Now um, another tangible situation is Matthew Hurt, one of the top players in the 2019 class, and everyone's thinking Duke now for him, when earlier everyone's thinking Kansas. Now, maybe a little of that was premature. Uh, Matthew, I don't think, really had any idea. Matthew's not a guy who's obsessed with his recruiting and really, didn't really care, but he took that Duke visit, loved it. And a lot of people, I mean, I, including me, I think Duke is the leader right now. Now, I, I think things could easily change. But, again, through the intel I'm gathering, one of the things they're worried about with Kansas is the FBI thing. You know, what's going to happen? You know, you know, there's a chance Bill Self is going to be subpoenaed and testifying, you know. Who knows where this stuff could go? And they, they even said in court that Self was involved with the money transaction with Billy Preston. So one thing people need to think about is FBI thing. Um, regardless what happens to these coaches with the FBI, you know, some coaches obviously are being charged, assistant coaches. But regardless, the NCAA then has their own separate thing where maybe you didn't go to jail, maybe you didn't get a criminal charge, but through this, because of this, now we've discovered evidence that you were involved, you know, in Ill- illegal recruiting. Yeah. And you're going to get popped. To see Kansas have the number eight class in the Big 12 in basketball and not football is pretty crazy, Jerry. They have two commits, number 55, uh, 2019 recruiting class in uh-huh. the country. That's nuts. Oh, the, how low it is? Yeah, eighth, oh, of, eighth of ten teams. I heard eighth in the nation. No, eighth, <laughs> no, eighth of ten. Uh, that's Well, wild. that's tangible evidence there also. Now, there is this every year Kansas phenomena. Their fans are tripping out. This time of year, because why can't we recruit like Duke? Well, you know, Duke and Kentucky have clearly been the best lately. <clears throat> and but Kansas does have a history of getting getting guys in the spring, and in finding some surprise guys too, like Frank Mason, uh, Devonte Graham. But this year, like, I'm, so I'm always talking Kansas fans off the ledge, right? Like, the, calm down. You know, look at the history. You guys always seem to figure it out. You go through a lot of pain and worry and concern, but it works out. I can't be so optimistic uh, this year. Uh, Matt, uh, at Big OBS5, asks, how tight is the race between Indiana and Kentucky for Keon Brooks? And a quick plug, uh, Keon Brooks will announce his decision uh, on the evening of March 15th on CBS Sports HQ. We'll send out that stream next week. So Keon Brooks, uh, what's your current read, Jerry? He's Uh, from Indiana. I I think it's going to be Kentucky. And here's one, uh, we'll give the crystal ball a plug here. Uh, you know, I, I need to do a class on how to interpret the crystal ball, <laughs> how to read it. You know, you can't just, like, look at the numbers. You need to hit hit the link and see who made the picks, when they made them, who they are. Well, our Indiana publisher, uh, Mike P- P- Piggs, yeah. he just cast a vote for Kentucky. That's so when you telling. see that, that, you know, that's stuff you look for when you look at our crystal ball. When you see that happen, I was like, 
that was one of those this morning. I was like, dang, <laughs> you know, so that solidified what I've kind of been hearing and what I've been thinking. I think Kentucky really swayed him on the visit. You know, it would be common sense that Indiana's struggles have probably not helped them in his recruitment. And I, ex- I expect Kentucky to be the call at this point. I do think it's really close. And most people thought prior to his Kentucky visit that Indiana was the leader. And I wouldn't disagree with that. And that's where my crystal ball pick was. But, man, the word out after that Kentucky visit was that he was overwhelmed. He loved it. And that it very likely sealed the deal. And, again, that's Keon Brooks, the number 23 player in the 24-7 sports composite. Jerry, last one, and then we'll ride out. This is from Jason Franzen at FranzenJ07. He has, like, four questions here, so I'm just going to – I'm going to pick the part that I like the most. All right. Jerry, from a college guy, what players have you seen this season that you've been most impressed with that many probably wouldn't know about? Ooh. If we could take well, it. Well, yeah. I'll do my best with that. I mean, you I said mean, Cameron Johnson was it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cameron Johnson's one. I know we knew about Nazron Reed, but I have, you know, let's just talk about what's impressed me. He has really impressed me. I did not expect his game to be as mature as it is at this point. You know, there are always questions about Nazaron Reed's motor. You know, how engaged is he? Does he really love basketball? Will he work? Well, obviously he will. (laughs) I mean, he's looked great. I've been, you know, you knew he had talent, but man, he like looks like a seasoned college big man, you know, that really knows how to play. He's impressed me. Uh, Jordan Bone, you know, I feel like I'm going to be accused of having a man crush or something. I, like, I've, I've blown so much smoke of him lately. <laughs> but I really do like his game, especially for where he's valued. Like, I can't find him in a mock draft. I couldn't find Cam- – Cameron Johnson, I think, was second round. I found him somewhere. But you can't find Jordan. I, I think you can make an argument he's the second best point guard in the country. Um, who else? Yeah, and uh, I mean those, you know, Tyler Hero. I think, man, he. I saw some stuff from him recently. You know, you, you always get good and bad with all kinds of players, but man, I think he's going to be a fantastic NBA player. Maybe like a Kirk Heinrich type. Yeah. I like that comparison. I do. It just hit me. <laughs> I like that. Those are good ones. Uh, we've got all those guys going to be in action this weekend: Duke, UNC, Michigan, yeah. Michigan State, Kentucky, Florida. It should be an awesome weekend. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. Remember, subscribe on iTunes. Hit us with that five-star review. Jerry, uh, until Monday. All right, man. I'm, I'm loving doing this. Looking forward to it.